You're listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. In today's episode, I interview Harmony Robinson-Stagg, an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner who's been a friend of mine for around about a year now. Harmony and I have a fantastic chat about how women in business can help manage their health as well as all the things. Harmony is not only an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner, she's also a yoga instructor, she's also a business coach, and she's even a nurse. Enjoy this episode with Harmony from Harmony Inspired Health. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy, and on this show, we talk about inspirational journeys in life and entrepreneurship. Through soulful conversations with inspiring guests, you're sure to get clear, get organized, get enlightened, and get moving on your dream business with the perfect blend of strategy and alchemy. Hello, welcome. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast, or hello to you if you are watching on Facebook. Uh, I'm Sharon Joy, and today I have with me the beautiful Harmony Robinson Stagg. Welcome, Harmony. Thank you. So great to have you on. It's hard to believe that it was almost a year ago now when we first met at Angela Henderson's retreat on the Gold Coast. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I've known you forever. I think just because we connected and, you know, when you really soul connect with someone, you're just like, oh, yeah, they just feel like an old friend. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, we, we we hopped on the call like 20 minutes ago and we've just been gas bagging away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but it's so great to have you on the podcast. Um, I'd like to, for those of you who don't no Harmony. Um, Harmony is an Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner. She's also a business coach for people in the health and wellness space. Uh, as an Ayurveda integrative medicine practitioner and a registered nurse with 17 years experience, her mission is to bridge the gap between Western medicine, Eastern medicine, natural health and Ayurveda. With her unique approach and extensive experience, she helps women reclaim their health, balance their hormones, heal their gut and break through burnout so that they can wake up energized, symptom-free, better manage their moods and feel confident in their mind and body. Through her own personal experience of suffering from anxiety, irritable bowel syndrome and a hormone imbalance whilst running multiple businesses, working as a nurse, teaching yoga, Pilates classes and caring for her twin boys, it was Ayurveda and integrative health that helped her achieve more balance in her life and minimize her health-related symptoms. It has become her passion and dharma to help others live a more balanced and inspired life through an Ayurveda and integrative health health approach. She facilitates a six-month accredited program that Ayurveda Alchemist, which we'll hear about today, that certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. She's passionate about seeing women achieve health and wellness happiness in all areas of, of their lives, including their businesses. Through repeated requests from women who she saw uh, with clients get exceptional results and her business growth from strength to strength in an ethical and organic way. She became a business mentor for health and wellness professionals. And she is also the host of the very popular health and wellness podcast called Harmony Inspired Health. Wow. How does that feel hearing that back? <laughs> it's like, oh, it made me feel tired. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a lot. Yeah. As, as you can hear, I do still stumble over the word Ayurveda and, you know, as much as I've tried to kind of get my head around it, um, for those who perhaps don't even know what it is, you know, tell us what does it mean? What does Ayurveda, the word, actually mean? And and what is what is Ayurveda? Yeah, so you're actually pronouncing it really well. It is a tricky oh. word. It, um, it is a Sanskrit word, so it comes from the Sanskrit language. And Ayurveda, it is the original health science and medical system um, originated in India. It is the word, if you actually break it down, the first part, Aya, means life and longevity, and Veda is science or study. So it um, translates to the science um, and study of life and longevity. So it's a natural health approach. However, um, well, that's how we sort of see it over here in the West, more of like a natural health promote, uh, health, a natural health approach. However, there is eight different branches to Ayurveda and one of those branches does include surgery. So it is very um, holistic in its approach. Wow. That's absolutely fascinating. I love that it's, you know, it focuses on life and longevity, mm. you know, as a way of, um, you know, I guess being vital, you know, that vitality through life, you know, through the ages. Health, health has been a real focus for you, obviously. You know, you've got 17 years experience as a registered nurse and, you know, integrative health and so on. You know, did you feel that this was a calling for you? Like when... How did this come about? Yeah, yeah, so definitely. I think, um, however, it has been trial and error as to where I fit in within the health and wellness sector. So mm. being a calling, like it's always, you know, I've, I grew up very wholesome, healthy lifestyle and I used to always bandage my dogs up and play vets with them and my mum sort of said, oh, you should be a nurse because she also loved travelling. She's like, you know, back then nurses travelled a lot and you could go to London and do a stint or you could go sort of anywhere and, and do a stint. And so I don't know why she didn't say I should be a vet, but, you know, <laughs> so I guess, I guess that sort of um, got into my head and then I end up doing nursing. But it wasn't, it. I wouldn't say it was really my passion. I didn't feel like I really belonged in that, in that system. So mm -hmm. my journey has certainly evolved from nursing in like public emergency departments and theatre surgery um, to now running an Ayurveda and integrative medicine clinic which specializes in women's health mm. so yeah and I guess just on that sort of calling like I was teaching a session yesterday in my Ayurveda Alchemist program that you mentioned on Dharma mm -hmm. and I was explaining like your Dharmic path and how it can evolve and when you know that you are truly aligned with your higher self I think like the other thing to point out is with the word Dharma, we always, I guess, in our minds, we think it just means like purpose and that we have to find and fulfill this great big grand gesture. But it it actually refers to a cosmic law of order, which is living the right way to promote inner and out of health. And living your dharma simply refers to living a truthful existence in accordance with one's nature and acting for the good of all. So when you're doing something that you feel really aligned to all of those aspects, you're on your dharmic path, whether that mm. be in your career or looking after a child or, you know, um, looking after loved ones or being in a 
family or doing um, volunteer work, whatever that is, when you're feeling in alignment with those aspects, then you are fulfilling your dharma in that point in time. Yeah, I really love that because, you know, so often when, particularly in the personal development space, I'm sure you can appreciate this, we mm. so often hear, you know, that it, it it it's often pitched as has to be something so grandiose and it's not mm. actually the case. Like, you know, if your dharma is to be a stay-at-home mum and absolutely kick ass at that, then yeah. that is life-changing and world-changing right there, you know. Like it's it, it is, it's often, you know, we, I know I've talked with some other guests about, you know, the way that you start your day and the way you make the bed in the morning, mm. you know, the way you roll out your yoga mat, you know, that all I guess comes back to that whole, you know, it's who you're being when you're doing type mm. philosophy. Oh, 100%. And the word dharma, like we're talking about the word Ayurveda, the word dharma is a Sanskrit word. So it comes from, from that philosophy, the Sankhya philosophy. And we have changed it, I guess, uh, here in the West to a, a meaning that has to be, you know, we're always bigger, better, more type thing. Yeah. Um, but as you mentioned, like w- with looking up, like I think raising a child and creating amazing good humans is like the biggest dharmic calling, right? But you can, that dharma can also change as you change and evolve. So Mm. when your child is first born and you're really, you know, nurturing and looking after that child in that moment, that's your dharma, but that might, you know, evolve and move. And then you become really career focused. And I know a lot of your listeners are probably moms, but also business owners, right? Definitely. You, you know, you don't need to split your dharma. It just means like if you can live to that sort of highest level of values and your higher self, like you said, in whatever aspect of your life you're doing, you Mm. are living a dharmic path. But when you are doing it, say, through your career or being of service and helping others, you really feel this, I guess, that that high, you know, that higher dharmic sort of peak where you're just feeling really pulled and you know you've got to, you've you've got these gifts that you have to share with the world. Mm. And and that was you in, in the area of, of medicine. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. And I guess that, that leads me to my next question because, you know, you've had this experience in both Western and Eastern medicine and, you know, you find yourself in this world where these worlds collide, you know, intersect in a way that has health benefits for people, particularly women that you work with. Tell me what, what that's like. Because I know even in business, I call myself in the messy middle, you know. It's like the it's where strategy and alchemy collide is mm-hmm. where I sit. And it's often um, it's a strange place to sit when you're in the middle of two very dominant worlds. So tell me, like, how does that play out for you? I mean, I, I'm sure you won't mind me saying it, but you're also married to a doctor, right? An anaesthetist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, your family has, you know, a high value on Western medicine um, and also yourself with I, your Ayurveda alchemist program that you've written, which is incredible that you certify people. Like how, what's it like sitting in the middle between these two worlds? Yeah. So as you mentioned, like the word collision, so it does feel like there can be a bit of a collision, but I'm really trying to change that. Like my, my mission is about bridging the gap, like just putting a bridge there, you know, Mm -hmm. and so that we can really offer truly holistic 
healthcare to to our nation. So rather than feeling like the worlds are colliding, having a bridge there that we can walk over and peacefully walk over and we can refer <laughs> to each other without yes. <laughs> this collapsing. Um, and cross-refer. Yeah, mm. and seeing both sides, like I have been able to witness the limitations in in both um, worlds, the natural health world and the allopathic sort of modern medicine world, and I've seen the wonderful part. So that's why I'm so integrated, um, passionate about integrating these types of medicines. And also I think what, uh, like, Ayurveda does really well is it looks at the individual as an individual and it doesn't just treat symptoms it goes beyond that mm. so when we can really um look at the person as an individual and treat them in a holistic manner they feel heard as well mm. and that's really beautiful but there is times where they are going to need that sort of allopathic more um western medicine so like if they were having you know chest pain I wouldn't be like you know I can press on some mama points or acupoints and like tell you what diet and stuff obviously if it was like indigestion pain we can work that out but if it was true you know cardiac pain well I'd be calling my doctor friends and being all the ambulance and being like get over there (laughs) um broken bones you know arms like I'd mentioned Ayurveda actually had surgery in one of its arms it had um pediatrics it had geriatrics it has a lot of different arms that people aren't aware of Mm. however it's foremost about seeing ourselves as part of nature not different and separate from and really being able to align ourselves with the laws of nature and that includes the circadian rhythm Mm. and what I what I see a lot in my clinic is women who come in with hormonal imbalances and the stress and the, the way that we function in our world today has really sort of knocked that circadian rhythm and balance, you know, out. Yes. And I think when we're looking at allopathic medicine, so Western medicine, they're very good at treating acute situations, but sometimes you don't always get the treatment and the answers you need mm. and you need to look deeper and you need to really look and understand yourself and that is where natural health really comes in and it's also a beautiful preventative medicine so something that you can always have the skills in and should always look to um, to be able to start or um, evolve your healing journey yeah and you know I think that that's that's so beautiful the way that you've described that because I can really see that where one, you know, one philosophy meets an edge is where the other philosophy can complement, you know, like the limitations of both is often seen in the strengths of the other side. So, you know, I mean, um, I am vaccinated and I had, um, you know, a pretty unpleasant response to the COVID vaccine. Um, And I didn't feel very well for a long time after I had it. Mm -hmm. And my solution was to turn to natural medicine. And it's been that that's really helped me get back on track. It's been that that's helped accelerate my recovery after having COVID. And, you know, and these are the sorts of things that, you know, in that Western realm, aren't being spoken about you know I had to kind of go and seek other support 
um, to help bring me back to feel myself again. So I can totally see, you know, how beautifully that they don't have to be colliding. It can be really complementary, which is which is great. Mm, you, you know, you always blow me away talking about, you know, business and, um, you know, women in business in particular. You know, you blow me away with the number of balls that you have in the air at any time because, you know, you, you've still done the nursing. You go, you know, you support at retreats. You've got your own clinic. You've got your Ayurveda Alchemist program. You do business coaching. You're a mom. You're a wife. You've got so much going on. Um, all of the times and still manage to keep your feet on the ground. How do you manage to do all of the things and yet still have a conscious business design? Because I know that that's something that you also speak about, you know, to your business coaching clients. What are the things when you're setting up businesses or, you know, yourself in your own business and supporting others, what are the things, the golden nuggets to help us create a conscious business, keep the balls in the air and, and not um not yeah fall apart at the seams <laughs> yeah sure well I think it always starts with self-awareness and understanding of yourself and that's where I feel Ayurveda has really helped me um learn a lot about myself we talk about the three doshas in Ayurveda which you may have heard of Vata, Pitta and Kapha and that's looking at the mind-body constitution of an individual and and where those doshas play out so I know that I can be very Vata which like you could even see when I'm or the people on Facebook that's who air like, energy right yeah, air yeah. Energy, and I'm like wave my hands and I talk and I'm talking yes. fast I'm, doing a I'm told thing. often that I'm a very <laughs> Uh, air person (laughs) yeah and and the vata um dosha also governs the central nervous system so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm a lot more aware of that that i can get very burnt out in in that way with my central nervous system if i'm not doing things that are going to pacify the vata that side of me but i can also be very pitta which is very like uh, like structure, organized, um, driven, passionate, you know, all of those more fiery qualities. So just understanding myself and knowing sort of what dosha is playing out in that time and that day and where I need to bring in more balance. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, I really need to be have a really good routine. So that a routine, you know, it really helps to settle the central nervous system and our stress response because it gives us our, our body and our mind, it knows what it's doing. So I always set out on a Sunday, I write in my diary, like all of my appointments, all of like what clients I have, where, and if they're coaching clients or health clients, um, fitting time, like the kids sports <laughs> and myself. Yeah. So it's all sort of scheduled. So then I just have to show up for it. And yeah. I know with myself, if I've got a flip, because I'm also um, studying a master's in applied science. Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> so I know if I'm like, you know, been seeing clients and then I've got to go into study mode, I can't just, it's hard just to switch. So I do like what I call micro meditations or breath work, literally for two minutes. I reset the central nervous system. I stop, I sit and I just breathe like, and then I feel really you know reset and then it's like my little reset button to then go and move on to the next sort of section of my day um but I always start my day off with movement for me that is just so important I feel like movement helps me you know be able to free the energy in my body but also helps my mind so that my mind can really process um the different things it needs to process throughout the day 
Mm-hmm. And I often really reevaluate my goals and my values and seeing if it's really aligned with my dharma because you know if you're in alignment, you you just have that, you know, you have that feeling that this is like it's flowing and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing even when it feels tough. Yes, I really agree with that. It's like that fire in your belly yeah. that you just can't ignore, you know. It gives you a hunger that even when the chips are down, it's like, you know, we can really rise. It's that pitta energy that you were talking about for sure when we get clear. Uh, I want to ask you, you know, what do you see like this Vata energy? I see it a lot in myself, but I also see it mirrored in my clients, Mm -hmm. um, particularly those feminine core beings who actually need some of that pitta energy. You know, I'm hearing the masculine and the feminine there. So it's something that I talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, do you see that with your clients, particularly, you know, those business owners who sort of maybe all air and no no anchoring? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. I actually, if I am taking on like a new business client, I quickly analyze in my head, like ask them a few questions so I know what dosha I'm working with because the way that you work with them and the way their business is going to present and the way that they like do things is going to be very different. So someone who has a lot of Vata energy, like they're the ones that they might have like so many different ideas. They're very creative and they're all gun ho on a few, like like myself, like a lot of probably also manifesting generators. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And I heard your podcast on that and that's what I am as well. (laughs) I'm not at all surprised. It's so funny. Like the majority of my clients, clients and manifesting generators and I just think it's such an interesting human design I just I love Manny Jennies that's probably why we get along because Manny Jennies and projectors are just such a great fit yeah Yeah, so like with the Vata I know that I'm gonna have to keep pulling them back I'm gonna have to be like no focus on the one thing and I often refer them to that book the one thing to read because it's really good for them just to focus on that one thing because with that Vata energy they can go all in and, and get really, then really flustered and really anxious and really stressed. And then they burn out in that way. And it's not, mm-hmm. doesn't have longevity with their business if they're going to keep showing up as, as very Vata. So we need to learn about ways that we can ground them as a person, but also ground them in their business and anchor them to their decisions and their choices and really narrow down, like we were speaking about before, their messaging and their offers and not having to feel that they can, just because they can do a million things that they have to. And they also can lose focus very quickly. So they've got a brilliant ideas. You see them always launching new products, but then their focus sort of wanes because they get very bored. They don't like structure. They don't like routine, even though that's what they need. And then the pitters, if I have a pitter, they're like, okay, give me the strategy. Tell me exactly when and what I should do. And they're great to work with because they go and they do it all, but they can be so judgmental and analytical of themselves and they can push, push, push and overwork. And then they really burn themselves out. And then the kapha energy people, they're more earth energy, right? So they're very nurturing and lovely and grounding, but sometimes they need a bit more of that fire to get them going. They're very slow and steady. However, they do usually have longevity in their business because, you know, slow and steady wins the race, right? It's like the tortoise and the hare. (laughs) Like the tortoise coming up the back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I really love that. You know, it's so interesting how... You know, all of the modalities really do have 
so many similarities in so many ways and you know it like it's definitely you know that Vata energy like you were saying exactly the pattern that you described is something that I see a lot with women in business um lots of ideas want to launch lots of things get bored um but actually you know if they built a moat around a reasonable size selection of things that wouldn't make them bored then they can, you know, actually manage their energy, still fulfill their, fulfill their dharma and, you know, and create an incredibly successful business. You know, if they just created those masculine structures, they don't have to be tight and tiny and rigid like that Peter energy. There, there is a place where, you know, you can have it all. Do you, do you agree? <laughs> Oh, yeah. And like writers, they come up with such beautiful ideas and very unique. Mm. And, you know, that's what you want, that point of difference. So that's wonderful in a business. But I think they are the people that benefit almost the most from having like a a business coach that can really like pull them in and ground them and get them back on track. Mm. They're like people that also, you know, love traveling and going off and stuff. So it's like, ooh, we're going to wind you back sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I love that. Um, So as well as helping so many women with their health, you are also business coach, which we've mentioned. Given that so many women starting businesses end up stress fatigued, burnt out, I guess I really just want to dig into some of the practical things that um, my listeners can do to just really stay on track. So what are the, the most basic? I mean, you've talked about movement and that, you know, making sure that, you know, they're, they're using that natural medicine for preventative burnout, I guess, but, you know, are there some other practical things, you know, um, that people can implement that's just going to really help them avoid staying out of that burnout and fatigue? Mm. I definitely think with business, like having a good routine for yourself, and it doesn't mean just with your business stuff. So getting up, like we said, talking about movement or that might look different to you know, different people, um, connecting to yourself and your breath. Um, I think another really big thing with business um, leading to burnout is having strong boundaries. And this is something that I really had to work on throughout my business, having boundaries with your clients, having boundaries with yourself and having boundaries with your time. So I know, um, you know, some women who just will work to all hours of the night to, to push and get stuff done. And I used to do that. Like I've had activewear business and all different sort of businesses. And I used to work, you know, when I could, but I've put in like such strong boundaries that like I don't work past five o'clock and that's only on a couple of days a week when the boys are in after school care, when I see clients later. Um, otherwise, it's pretty much like I'm switching off at like four o'clock, 3.34, <laughs> most of the time 3.30, yeah, right. because I know if I don't get that sort of mental break and that rest between days and I don't really you know, if I can't be really present with my kids and then take them to their soccer training, then there's that whole mum guilt thing going on. And I'm trying to struggle with being with the kids and doing the work. So having really a routine helps with this because it helps you set those sort of more physical boundaries or mentally physical boundaries, I should say. But then also having boundaries with clients, if they're contacting you at all different times of the day and night, 
when you can respond and the appropriate way to respond because I know we have like Instagram, we have TikTok, we have Facebook, we have email, we have mm-hmm. I've got my own client portal for all of my um, clients mm-hmm. in my health system. So there's a messaging service on that. Boxer, messenger. Boxer, everything. So Facebook unless it's groups. exactly so unless mm-hmm. it's like clearly outline what you expect um, from you know, and what hours that you will reply and where you're going to reply. Like if they start to reply to me and message me on Messenger, I'll try to, you know, revert them back to my client portal messaging system or my business email, just so that it's kept very professional Mm -hmm. and you can't just be reached at any time of the day. Um, Because if you don't have those boundaries and don't sort of explain them people don't know them like yeah. you know we can't blame other people for making us feel really burnt out by constantly contacting us if we haven't set those boundaries in in action yeah um so I think that's a, a huge thing look looking at where you can set boundaries with other people but also yourself with your time and constantly reevaluating your values and your goals if you're creating a business like why the hell did you create it? Did you create it to feel like crap and burn out and stressed and crying? Or did you create it to create time with your family? Like be really honest about that and be really honest if you're fulfilling that, right? And then yeah. also, are you creating a business just to make a quick buck or does it really feel aligned with your dharma and who who you are? Because that will always feel a lot easier than if you're just constantly on this sort of struggle street hustling for money and then get involved in the whole, you know, six-figure launches and what I should be making and and compare it like comparing yourself to other women because you don't know their situation, you don't know their background, you don't know what support, you don't know their financial backings, you don't know all of the other things they've got. You don't know the detail and often that's where the devil is. Totally, totally. (laughs) You know, people who say, you know, six-figure launches, but, you know, that money might come in over 12 months and, you know, when you divide that by 12, that might mean that on average it's not even really... $10,000 months, for example, you know, the devil is in the detail. And often, you know, when we're, you know, that Instagram image is that stuff is often, you know, not shared openly. So yeah, I fully agree. That's, you know, that's something that is really huge for sure. Yeah. They may have spent thousands and thousands upon ads. Like, you know, they're saying they've earned this six figure income from their launch, but they've spent close to six figures on ads. So really, you know, their net is maybe a thousand dollars. So it's, yeah, it's really the comparison game. It will really rob you of your joy in your business. And often I've had to remind myself of that. And sometimes think I'm just going to put my blinkers on for quite a while. I know they say you should do market research and see what your competitors are doing and how you can send out. But often that doesn't, you know, serve everyone. We're so individual. Sometimes you do just need those blinkers on for a while if you're getting caught up in that comparison. I really agree with that because I think when, you know, there is a time for it, but I also agree that, you know, having time where the blinkers are on means that, it's almost like going inward. Mm. And when we go inward and really think deeply about what we want to bring forth, that is where our power is. You know, that is where 
people hear what we have to say because you know we are in such authentic alignment with what we want to bring forth or our dharma or you know whatever it is that we're here to create that you know how people would not want to hear that you know it's inspiring when you absolutely see someone on fire about what they're doing and you know that it's authentic you know it's it's such a powerful thing um harmony i'd love to find out you know something that i struggle with is reversing the effects of stress now my body has um a very very strong trauma response um it, it has evolved from my teaching career and it doesn't take very much for my body to be racked with stress. So I feel it in my body. I have body work done every month. I, every month I see a chiro, I see a massage therapist. Um, you know, I'm probably not as often as I should go to yoga class, but I do. Um, I go to, again, not as often as I should, but I go to dance or movement classes. Uh, I see my naturopath every month. I take supplements. She puts me on the machine and, you know, runs programs on my body and gives me, you know, a tune up with the frequency. I'm doing a lot of things, but I can still feel, you know, whenever anyone who's doing any body work on me, they put their hands on me and they're like, oh, almost cursing at me because of the tension in my shoulders, my neck and in my body. So it's there. Even if consciously I'm not feeling it, it's trapped in my body. For other women, and I'm gathering that there's going to be plenty listening to this who are who can relate, how can we reverse the effects of stress that is trapped, for lack of a better word, in our body and, and you know, reset that nervous system on a more permanent basis? Mm-hmm. Well, firstly, congratulations for everything you're doing because that is so amazing and I'm sure if you weren't doing all of that you would feel the effects more so so everything you're doing is is really good and we what we speak of in Ayurveda is we talk about a build-up of armor so that could be a physical armor and armor me is a Sanskrit word for basically toxins so physical armor could be like you know digesting your food properly could be environmental toxins or whatever that is Mm -hmm. but there's also a component of emotional and mental armor and we know that to be true like if you get really stressed you know some people feel it in their shoulders you get these tight knots or you get these headaches this is just a build-up of yeah jaw you know this is i have tinnitus as a result of it and it you know it has it gets progressively worse yeah this yeah. is all emotional armor buildup. And so it's your body's response to, to then physically manifest somewhere in your mind and or your body. Mm. And sometimes it can, if, if this has been happening for many, many, many years, yeah. it can take quite a long time to really rid all of that. Mm. But the other thing to remember is that our our sensory perception so whatever we see whatever we hear whatever environment we're in situation any trauma it always creates a subtle impression on our mind Mm. and when it has created that subtle impression of in our mind it can create these stories and we need to sometimes recreate a new neural pathway yeah and so in my like thrive programs where I see Um, women one-to-one and they have like health issues like they might come in for gut or hormones or stress and overwhelm whatever that may be we do like a limiting core belief session 
which is about going deeper into things that uh, could be hindering your healing, which are these subconscious beliefs caused by these subtle impressions left on the mind caused by viewing or being part of some sort of trauma response. Mm. So sometimes it's not just a physical relief. It, uh, it It's really about sort of tapping like into the mindset. those underlining. Yeah. And there's definitely been, um, there's definitely been reframing um, because, you know, you're right, like neurons that fire together, wire together, right? Like yeah. we know that. And those neural pathways are very strong. So I have been doing some work around that. I definitely feel for me that there's a buildup of toxins, mm-hmm. you know, that I feel that. Um, and we we live, at, you know, in, well, we, we use safe, you know, natural products in the home. We don't use toxins, um, well, very, very minimally. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, and I think that it is something that if people have had trauma, I mean, even from childhood or, you know, their teens, their 20s, their 30s, and they're in their 40s, um, you know, that's a lot of stress and trauma to be carrying, you know. And, and when you said armour, that really struck a chord with me because I can really relate to that. You, you know, sometimes it feels like finally, you know, if I have a, a deep yin reset, you know, I will feel like that's gone, but it really doesn't take very much for it to, you know, to for it to fire straight back up. Um, it's like a muscle memory that is just there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it can take a while. And yeah. it's yeah, every day can can be different and our body doesn't differentiate the different types of stresses so whether it's chronic long-term stress or whether you know you you go out and you're just about to get like a car swipes or a dog chase you or whatever your adrenals are going to pump out the adrenaline and the cortisol to deal with that to help your body to bring it like so that it can take the blood to the arms and the legs to fight or run or whatever you need to do um, but if you're constantly exposed to different stresses even a full inbox you know you're not going to naturally get that sort of adrenaline rush, but you're still going to produce the cortisol because we don't have difference. We don't have like a full inbox stress hormone and a scary dog stress hormone and a past trauma stress hormone. It's the same hormones in your body that are playing out. And if they're constantly playing out day after day because you're, you're being triggered and that subconscious mind is telling you those, you know, stressful thoughts without you maybe even being aware of it, you're going to start to elevate those cortisol levels. Yeah. And you can either become very catabolic so your muscles can break down or you can become very tight and, and feel the stress physically in the body. It also, the stress response also uses up a lot of your magnesium stores and your essential minerals and vitamins Mm -hmm. so then you can have different sort of symptoms relating to deficiencies so there's like yeah so much that can go on with the body and I think um, and the mind and it's really making sure that we we understand that they're so interconnected it's not like a separate issues so we always, with Ayurveda and integrative medicine, really look at a holistic approach mm. and definitely sort of pacifying the vata. If stress is such a high response for you, really pacifying the vata. And one of the sort of very simple treatments we, we talk about is um, uh, self-abhyanga. Mm. 
Uh, Biyanga just is like an oil massage. So every morning or every evening before your shower, get some nice sesame oil. You can warm it up and literally start massaging the body. A, it it calms the central nervous system down, but it also moves the lymphatic system. And our lymphatic system has a lot to do with detoxifying the body and the immune system. And another one I really love is I tell my clients, you know, at the end of the day is to lay with your legs up a wall. And that really helps to connect to, uh, will will take you into that parasympathetic state for one, but it also tones the vagus nerve. And that one is really responsible for your stress response as well. Yeah, that is a fabulous tip. Uh, You know, that really is, you know, some really useful things um I know the feed up the wall thing always feels great whenever I've done it at yoga and it's something that I just don't do often enough and you know I'm somebody that does get in that you know work state and by the end of the day or particularly you know as the week you know we get towards the end of the week I love Fridays it's probably my favorite day of the week along with Monday But, you know, sort of by Thursday night, I can tend to be quite wound up. Mm. And, you know, I'm really lucky that I've got a husband that knows and understands a lot of this stuff. And so he's able to, you know, sort of help me help my body to come back to that homeostasis, which is not always easy, you know, like, Mm. and I think that this is the thing, like, like, I just want to know, you know, you know, all this stuff, you teach it, but do you... Like, obviously, we have to stay tuned in and have that level of consciousness. But do you find sometimes that even still your balance gets thrown out that you have to kind of be like, whoa, I've gone too far here? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, of course. <laughs> like, always like, yes, I've got this idea. Or I'm like, you know, push, push, push. So, yeah, definitely. And when I feel that, that's when I have to really check in. And when, when we, you know, when we push ourselves to, to that point, even though we have that underlining awareness, we've actually changed the part of our mind. Like we talk about the um, uh, hamkara and the buddhi mind and stuff in Ayurveda, like there's different levels of intellect. And we've actually gone out of that, you know, complete awareness to this uh, like conscious awareness to more of like a unaware conscious state, if that it might not make sense to, um, to some of your listeners who hasn't been exposed to these philosophies, but it's really about, you know, tapping back into that awareness and knowing it and being, you know, strong enough to be able to pause and go, okay, mm-hmm. come on, Harmony. You're just like, you're being a knob right now. Like, you know, you know this. And sometimes Absolutely. it is, it's hard to be like, you know, especially if you're so wound up and mm-hmm. you're like, I should, I really need to meditate and clear the mind. So when you're so wound up, sometimes meditation is just not the, the right place to start. No. So what I do is I love like, I love walking my dogs and just getting out in nature. So I'll start with that. I'll start with a walk so I can move the emotions and the energy. Like emotions are just energy in motion until they become stuck and we hold them down. And sometimes we need to release that. So I'll walk the dogs, get out in fresh air. Like nature is just so soul reviving. And then I can come back and take a few breaths and then do a bit of a meditation. And it might sound like if you're a busy businesswoman, like, you know, oh, I don't have the time to carve that out in my day. Like I've got to get this deadline and this. Sometimes it, it, you know, you can find the time, even if it's just a couple of minutes, because what is happening is your central nervous system is so wired that the 
the type of work you're going to produce isn't going to be great. You're going to have brain fog. If you can just reset that central nervous system by a bit of movement or some breath, um, yeah, things, things definitely. The quality of the work's going to be better. Definitely. But yeah, I, I, trust me, I always have to check myself. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's just really good for people to hear because, you know, so often, you know, I remember um, I liken this to when I first learned how to meditate and, you know, people would talk about meditation. And for a long time, I thought I was getting it all wrong because nobody actually told me that people who are good at meditation still have mind wanders. And I think that's why it's really good for our listeners to know that even though you know all this stuff, you teach it, you embody it, that there are still times where it's perfectly normal, even for someone who is so far down this track and so experienced in this space, to have those days where it's like, whoa, like I've gone too far. I'm like totally wound up. I need to need to reset this and bring it back. So thank you for thank you for being honest about that. I yeah. think sometimes there's just not enough spoken about that, you know, particularly in the wellness space. You know, I don't hear often wellness teachers saying, hey, like, you know, I fried myself today. Like, you know, I went too far. No. It's um, it's pretty big. Well, we're not all, I was just going to say, we're not all evolved humans, right? That's why we're here. We're learning these lessons to evolve to our higher self. So to come and claim that you're that evolved, that you can just, yeah, be and do all that. It, yeah, I find that interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think it's only ever a a journey. It's never Mm -hmm. a destination. We're only ever just reaching higher and higher. You know, there's, there is no point of arrival at all. We don't ever arrive there where we think we're going to arrive, you know, in terms of, you know, absolutely achieving, you know, um, that perfect balance, you know, it's only ever um, something that we can, you know, try and achieve on along the way. Mm-hmm. Harmony, I'd love to ask you the three questions that um, we wrap up with on the show. Uh, firstly, how would your parents describe what you do for a living? Oh, they would say she does health stuff with women and nurse. <laughs> oh, so they know a little bit? Oh, yeah. No, they get a bit confused. They go, oh, mum goes, you just do all these different things. She's like, I have made a practitioner. She's doing acupuncture now and she's a nurse. So they just sort of, yeah, float those things up, I guess. Oh, I love that they know because uh, most people uh, most people crack up at that because their parents yeah. just could not actually articulate what they do. So I love that. Oh, yeah, no, they know. Um, what has been the most joyous part of your life and business journey to date? Um, my life or my business journey? Oh. Whatever you like oh. or both. Most joyous part, I mean, it's going to sound really cliche, but being with my um, family. I love my children and I love my husband. So having created something so special with other human beings and soul beings, I think is is really, really joyous to me. And then if I'm looking at more of a, I guess, superficial level, you could say is like, I love like traveling to Bali and doing retreats and all that. And I just feel like so free and so at home. Um, and yeah, and I absolutely I, I really also get a massive kick out of teaching my Ayurveda Alchemist program. Like I just feel so aligned with my Dharma. So all of those things bring me immense, immense joy. I love that. 
And where can the listeners find and follow you or perhaps book a consult if they're looking for support with their health and hormones? Um, perhaps if they're a wellness coach or coach in the space who would like to find more out about the Ayurveda Alchemist program or certification, where can we, where can we track you down? Yeah, so if you want to book a consultation with me or inquire about business mentorships, you can go to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. So that's my website. Also, the Ayurveda Alchemist program, um, there is a wait list there for that. That's a six-month program that certifies you to become an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Um, and then my Instagram is Harmony Inspired Ayurveda. That's more of my personal one, and I, I put a lot of flavor into it within my different options offerings and I do have my clinic one which is Harmony Inspired Health but I mainly hang on my Harmony Inspired Ayurveda one and also that is my Facebook page um, and I've got a Facebook group the Ayurvedic Soul Sister Tribe as well so you yes. can go to that and on my website I do have a Unlock Your Dharma journal it's a freebie so if you go to my freebies page on harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au you can um, download that journal it's just got some prompts there to really you know uh, get you in the mindset of like are you you know unlocking this dharma within whatever you're doing in your business your career um, your life your family life whatever that may be for you. And we'll link all of that in the show notes so um, people can grab a copy of that and um, and also find Harmony on Instagram. Harmony, it's been such a pleasure and it's been too long between drinks and I say that because uh, <laughs> we shared a few while we were away, I think. Yes. Um, but we definitely um, look forward to the next opportunity where we get to catch up and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy. Jump on over to find me on the web at SharonJoyCoaching.com. 